to the Hirschfeld Century Podcast. I am Katherine Eastman, the Archives Manager of the Al Hirschfeld Foundation. And I'm David Leopold, the Creative Director. And we are here for a brand new episode on our brand new exhibition, Nina 75, A National Insanity. Uh, actually, on, it's called on, A on. National oh. Insanity. <laughs> I want to do it again. searching for Nina. <laughs> I was thinking okay. I had Santa on the brain. Uh, well, it's it's that time of the year. <laughs> a national insanity. 75 years of looking for Nina. Right. Well, as everyone knows, uh, Hirschfeld hides his, uh, hid his daughter's name in his drawings. And that started 75 years ago, uh, November 4th, wow. 1945. It's a long time. It is a long time. And uh, he's responsible for about the first... 55 years of it, mm. uh, maybe 57 years of it. And then we've all had to just look for Nina's in his work since then. Um, but it was a Sunday morning ritual for so many people, um, looking at the drawings of the New York Times. And it was sort of an initiation rite, uh, a sort of an unspoken one for people to be introduced to the worlds of Broadway and Hollywood and everything that he drew. Um, I know for me, uh, when I was growing up in central Pennsylvania, uh, we got the Sunday New York Times. It shouldn't happen to you. <laughs> Please, don't let it happen to you. <laughs> uh, we get the Sunday New York Times. And when we, my parents, my mother told us about Nina's and in, in Hirschfeld's work. And I was one of five children. And we would race to get the arts and leisure section of the Times. And I looked at, the, at for Nina's for years before I asked myself, who are the people in these drawings? And it was a real introduction. Uh, like so many people, they knew more of what was going on on Broadway when Hirschfeld was drawing it because everyone looked at the drawings. In this exhibition, we've gathered drawings that touch on uh, some part of Nina history, from the very first drawing to the one with the most Ninas. Mm. And it's not what you think. Yes. Uh, you, if you think you know what that is, you're probably wrong. Mm. Um, these images show the different ways Hirschfeld chose to hide Nina in his work and what happened when he left it out mm. uh, or made the foolish mistake of trying to include other names in his drawings. And we just hope it's the start of uh, happy hunting for Nina's in all the works in the exhibition and the more than 7,000 works on our website at alhirschfeldfoundation.org. So before we get into the exhibition, though, the easiest way to listen or the best way to listen to this episode is to actually go to the exhibition. So alhirschfeldfoundation.org, click on the exhibitions tab up top, and it'll be the current exhibition, Nina 75. I will also put a link to the exhibition in the show notes so you can just uh, swipe up and uh, click on it there. But that would be the best way to listen to the episode so you can see what we're talking about. Let's start at the beginning. The very beginning. Well, if we were going to start at the very beginning, we'd probably have to go back to the 20s and 30s. We're not spending any more time in the <laughs> 20s and 30s, David. Well, because he had been hiding uh, names and people's faces in his drawings for years, mm. even though he was told not to because that's just the kind of prankster that he was. So when he went out of town in October 1945 to see, uh, a, you know, he would, there were many shows opening on Broadway right. uh, in the fall of 1945. He would often go out of town to see the shows before they came into New York to make his sketches and he would come back to New York, 
finish his drawing and submit it to the Times. Um, he got an assignment to draw a musical called Are You With It? Uh, that starred Johnny Downs and Joan Roberts. And if you've never heard of it, there's a reason for that. It's not a particularly great show. And it ran seven months on Broadway, which was a very long run for a show like that and will never be revived. And for those of you What's My Line fans keeping track at home, it was produced by none other than Dick Colmar. <laughs> Literally four people care about that. <laughs> anyway, so Hirschfeld made his sketches. He came back to New York only to discover that his wife, Dolly Haas, was in the hospital. Oh, no. Uh, no, it was because she was pregnant and she was uh, in labor. And so he went down to the hospital. He wasn't in the delivery room. It was not done that way at that time. Madman style. Yes. He was out in the waiting room, probably smoking cigarettes or a cigar, even though it was a hospital, which I just think is hilarious. Yep. And uh, he was doodling in his sketchbook because that's what he did uh, no matter what. And uh, he was drawing pictures of uh, little redheaded girls. And why was he doing that? Because... His mother really wanted uh, him to have a girl. She had only had boys, and she wanted something soft and cuddly in the mm. family. And Dolly Haas had red hair. Oh, yes, of course. If it were a boy, they would have named it Mark after Mark Twain, who was Dolly Haas's uh, favorite American author. But nine was uh, Al's lucky number, and mm. they decided to name, uh, if they had a girl, they would name her Nina. Perfect. Uh, spoiler alert, they had a girl. <laughs> What happened next? <laughs> well, Hirschfeld made sure that his wife and now new daughter were perfectly fine. And uh, then he went home. And what did he do when he got back to his home in the studio? He finished the drawing. Of course, he had a deadline. He never missed a deadline. And uh, since this show, Are You With It, took place in a circus, he put on, he had the uh, actors in front of uh, a sideshow tent with posters for Half Man, Half Woman, World's Strongest Man. And upper the, in, up in the upper right-hand corner, there was a poster for a little baby reading a book, and it said, Nina the Wonder Child. Completely innocuous, a little, as he said, infantile prank for his family and friends. He was a proud father of a baby girl. Uh, the next week, he found an, well, it wasn't the next week. It was two weeks later. Mm. He, he was doing the drawing and he found a way to hide her name in that drawing. This is the French touch. Right. Two weeks later. For those of you What's My Line fans keeping track at home with Arlene Francis in the drawing. I want the What's My Line fans to write in. <laughs> To tweet at us, to put something on the Facebook page. And prove David wrong. We are a strong <laughs> community. Um, I just find it's just unbelievable. I'm dealing with what's my line fans. I didn't even know they existed. It's your fault. <laughs> Scratch on Marx's fault. <laughs> mm, yes, that is true. Uh, no, but seriously, though, this drawing of the French touch from two weeks later. Right. After that first Nina, it does have a Nina. And it is... It does not look the way that you are used to Nina's looking. Does that make sense? Yes. It's, it's, it's not a it's not a flowy, wispy, mm -mm. you know, hiding in the curls. It took me a minute. Like when you t showed it to me, you said, find the Nina in this. It takes you a minute. You have to kind of forget what you're used to looking at as Nina's and, and find this one. So, so that was fun. It was, you know, very early in the process. 
And of course, he was doing this. He didn't think it would be something he would be doing for the rest of his career. Mm. He was a proud father, a happy father. And he was doing this, as, a, as I said, as a joke for his family and friends. He did it for the next couple of weeks. And again, we have some of these drawings in the exhibition. There's a great one from Showboat. They're, mm-hmm. not, they're not Nina's as we typically look for them today. And then he stopped because the joke had run its course. And he didn't think that, you know, the worst thing you can do with a joke is to let it go on too long. And that next week, he got a ton of mail from people saying, uh, spent all Sunday looking for the Nina, can't find it. My wife thinks it's in uh, Ethel Barrymore's hair, but I don't think so. Um, <laughs> and, he, and he got all these letters and he looked at them and Hirschfeld was a very conscientious guy. He answered his mail. Uh, there wasn't a secretary that he had or anything like that. He he hand wrote or typed all of his correspondence. He felt responsible to people who wrote to him. And he realized it was easier to keep putting the Ninas in the drawings than to answer all the mail. And uh, he did this for a little bit while longer and stopped again and discovered that there were still people writing in. Looking and, for uh, the Ninas. He said he learned the hard way to put her name in the drawing before he put his name in the drawing because nobody was looking for his self-advertisement. You know, they were looking for Nina's name. So this was, working on this exhibition was an interesting experiment for both of us because, of course, we look for Nina's in Hirschfeld's work like everybody else, but it isn't the primary objective of what we do. And so to actually look at the drawings, particularly the early drawings, was to learn a great deal about how he did this work early on. Mm. I'd really never spent that time. We came across a drawing from 1946, in February 1946, that of, it was a a triptych, three different shows that opened on Broadway in February. Uh, The first Nina drawing was three shows that were opening on Broadway in November. I mean, we just don't have that today. But at that time, of course, it was really the golden age. And when I looked at this drawing, I was surprised that there were eight eight Hirschfelds in it. I mean, no, eight Ninas in it. Well, real, actually what happened is you were looking for the first time after the birth of Nina that he didn't include a Nina. Right. That's what you were looking for. That's correct. And you, you said, oh, I think I found it. Uh, you know, we I think we called this the Born Yesterday drawing. Although it's got Luke's yeah. song is the primary Right, image. but that's kind of, I mean, if that's how I would know it. I would say the Born Yesterday drawing. And uh, you said, I think this is it. You know, do you see any Ninas? And... Uh, Oh, no, no, you said, this is it. I found it. No Ninas in the newspaper clipping. We have this original drawing. And so for the exhibition, what we do is we, if we have the original drawing, we photograph it. So it's a nice, clear, crisp, high resolution photo for you to see. Um, So I went to get the drawing. I brought it back to photograph. And I said to David, I said, I hope you didn't write too much about this piece being having no Ninas in it because there are eight Ninas in this drawing. (laughs) He was like, what? He said, yes, there are eight Ninas. Um, So because when I first looked at the newspaper clipping, it was fuzzy. It's I mean, it's from 1946. And uh, (laughs) it was a photocopy of that clipping. And, you know, we have we have low res scans uh, in our database. And as I was looking at it, I was like, I can't find it. 
Turns out there was a Nina in Yul Brenner's hat, literally in the center of the drawing. And it's, but it is very teeny and very hard to see. Right. Now, on the original drawing on the board, born yesterday, that drawing on the right, she's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Ninas in her hair. And when we compared that to the newspaper clipping from the New York Times, there were absolutely no Ninas in her hair. So what happened? So what happened? That's a great question, David. This drawing was used in, when was Lively Years? 1973. 1973, Brooks, am I going to get the story right? This is Hirschfeld Hirschfeld according to Catherine. It's going to be mostly correct. Brooks Atkinson wrote a book about the most important plays. Yes. Okay. And uh, Hirschfeld illustrated them. He would use, if he had a good drawing of the show already from its original run, he would use that drawing. If he did not have a a drawing from the original run or he didn't like his old drawing, he would do a new drawing. So this was one that he included. Is that true? Yes. He, this, is uh, one, this drawing is one that he included in the Lively Years. But just the Born Yesterday part. Right, of this just triplet. that right part. So what we believe happened is it's now, what did you say, 1973? 73. Everybody's used to looking for Ninas by this point. Hirschfeld says, oh, this one doesn't have any Ninas. I better put some in so and nobody Judy, complains. And Judy Holiday's hair is sort of now what we would expect is exactly where we would expect exactly. to see lots of Ninas. Yes, very mature looking uh, You know, wispy, yep. you know, the curls turn into mm-hmm. N's and A's, and, you know, it's, yes. it's quite obvious. And this reminds me of Cradle World Rock. Yes. Do you want to tell that story? Because well, I definitely won't get that one right. <laughs> uh, so the Cradle World Rock uh, was a show that premiered in 1937. Uh, that would be eight years before Pre-Nina. Uh, Nina was born. Right. It would be even three years before he met Dolly Haas. Oh, wow. So uh, National Portrait Gallery acquired the original of the Cradle World Rock. And I get a call from the curator of Prince and Drawings, Wendy Wick Reeves, and she says, can you explain something to me? There's a Nina in this drawing. On the sheet music yeah. on the piano, it, it very clearly says Nina. It's not even really hidden. It's like he wrote the word Nina on the sheet music. Like it, to be authentic, Hirschfeld, <laughs> it had to have a Nina in it. Right, yeah. And she asked me, what, well, how is that up? possible? <laughs> well, at the time, I had not done enough research where we've documented literally every drawing, uh, or we've tried to document every drawing. Um, And so at the time, I said, well, maybe this wasn't drawn at that time. Well, Mm -hmm. it turns out it was drawn at that time. But when he put it in the book, he understood that the audience would expect to find a Nina in each and every drawing. And so he added a Nina to the drawing. And what book was Cradle Will Rock in? Oh, that was was also Lively Years. Lively Years. Okay, so there you go. So he's done it twice. For lively. And, and uh, when DeCapo uh, uh, republished it in the mid 80s, they put the Cradle Rock on the cover. Oh, gosh. So you could see it right away. Yeah. And you, you, know, <laughs> you knew you were getting authentic Hirschfeld material. It had a Nina in it. That's funny. Uh, so that book is really quite extraordinary. He did 50 new drawings. We should do a whole episode mm. on that sometimes. And I think this just goes to show you you can't believe everything you see. <laughs> That's the takeaway here. It's all very true. Now, uh, 
Finding Nina's uh, w became the worst kept secret in New York. The pressmen at the New York Times would actually have a betting pool to see who could find all the Ninas mm. in the work. Um, in 1954, when Nina was a spry nine-year-old, uh, she came to her father and said, my friend Liza is going to be turning nine soon. Do you think you could put her name in a drawing? That's sweet. That is sweet. That's very sweet. Uh, and I'm sure that's what Al Hirschfeld thought. So uh, in the drawing from 1954. Mademoiselle Colomb. Uh, he... He, sec he secrets uh, the, the name Liza in the drawing. Now, I will admit that I did not know that this was that drawing. He, he told this story so because he what told, happened... So he told you that he hid the name Lisa in a drawing right. in the 50s, right? That was the clue? Yes. Sometime in the 50s, I hid the name Lisa in a drawing for Nina's friend. And, when, and the reason he told the story, and he tells it in the world of Hirschfeld, mm -hmm. is... That uh, he put this name in the drawing, and all of a sudden, all these cards and letters and telegrams from, you know, forgotten acquaintances. I'm sure he got flowers. I'm sure he got flowers. <laughs> Walter Winchell uh, put in his column that the Hirschfelds were in infanticipating. Everyone thought he had a second child. Right. Uh, you know. That makes sense. Uh, Lisa. So, um... Long before I did uh, this exhibition, worked on this exhibition, I wanted to find this drawing. It's a story that he told, and I thought it was important to document right. it. Right. No one knew what the... So what I had was. all the drawings of the 50s, a particularly prolific period in Hirschfeld's career. I looked at the New York Times drawing because I knew it was in the New York Times. That narrowed it down somewhat, but it was still a lot of work. And I looked, and I looked, and I looked, and I... I couldn't find it. And mm. I just thought it's an apocryphal story. Mm. Maybe it was in the 40s or the 60s. I didn't know. And I gave up. I did not think the world was quivering, waiting to find out when this was. Uh, one day we had the drawing out. Uh, it was acquired by a collector. And as uh, they were, uh, as he, he had it framed and he asked me to come over and take a look at it. And I came over and it looked beautifully framed. And uh, we, I was talking to the collector. His son and uh, the son's girlfriend come in. And uh, they, the girlfriend had never seen a Hirschfeld before or been aware of it because it would have been hard to not see a Hirschfeld. Um, and as they're looking at it and as we're talking, the girl comes over to me and says, why does this drawing have Liza in it? Right. You told her about Nina's. I and told so, her about the Nina's. And so she was looking for Nina's right. in the drawing. And then she came over and said, why does this one say Liza? And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> David's like, what? I was like, what are you talking about? Draw on the floor. I, I, I just thought she had made a mistake. Right. I thought it was a Nina that she read as a Liza. Although in that moment, I couldn't imagine how someone could do that. Right. Well, here it is. This first time Nina Hunter had found exactly what I had spent way too long looking for <laughs> uh which only goes to show that uh experience means nothing <laughs> yeah sometimes what's right in front of you you can't see that is true i'm giving lots of good advice on this <laughs> i'm gonna put this in the health and wellness section dear Catherine, <laughs> <laughs> i'll answer all of your hirschfeld questions well he realized that the, you know you know, he didn't know what to say to people that he wasn't having a child. Mm. And while he claimed uh, that he would never do it again, mm. 
three years later, he did it again. Same thing. Nina's friend, uh, Samantha Drake, the, the daughter of Alfred Drake, the, the actor, um, was a close friend of the Hirschfelds. They lived on the same block. And uh, he, in a drawing of Tula Bankhead in the show Eugenia, he hid three Sammies. But as far as we know, no fruit baskets, flowers, or telegrams arrived (laughs) uh, because of it. Now, there are drawings of Nina herself. Uh, Of course. There's a drawing that we have in the exhibition of, it's the earliest known drawing of of Nina. She is uh, an infant. Baby. I mean, I think sitting up for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, For years, Hirschfeld had it on the wall of his studio until I borrowed it for an exhibition in 1998 and it never made its way back to his wall. Uh, He understood. Um, So we have that in the exhibition. We have a wonderful drawing from uh, 1960 when they were in uh, Brazil on a State Department tour uh, for an exhibition. Um, uh, Nina, who was a picky eater, uh, sort of contemplating food while her parents peek out from behind a curtain. Um, and then there's a drawing in 1966 of, of her on the set of the group. This was... 65. Oh, I'm sorry. Just I just want you to get the facts right, David. Please. <laughs> I, please keep me honest. That's all I'm asking. So tell us about the group. This is... So this was a adapt- the film adaptation of Mary McCarthy's novel mm. uh, about young women um, in college. And... There was a bit part, uh, an uncredited part, um, and the director, Sidney Lumet, who Hirschfeld was very good friends with, thought it would be a great role for an aspiring actress like Nina, who at that time wanted to be an actress like her mother. And so in the center of the drawing is uh, a little girl, although she would have been 20 years old at the time, uh, uh, in the drawing on the set of the group, and if you look at Hirschfeld's signature, there's a zero next to his name. Mm. There is one Nina in the drawing, but it's the actual right. Nina. And then there are no hidden Ninas. If you're looking for the name, you're going to be sadly disappointed. Mm. Now, the number next to his name, we have that's a story unto itself as well. We have that drawing in the, in the exhibition. That came uh, a few years earlier, 1960. Yes, the drawing La Plume de Matante from 1960. What happened was a, now again, Hirschfeld, as told by Catherine, you're going to get most of the information. A reader writes in. Some of it may even be accurate. Some of it. A reader writes in to the New York Times and says, to the editor of the New York Times. To the publisher. To the the publisher of the New York Times. Arthur Hayes Salzberger. I would have never remembered that. She writes into the publisher of the New York Times and says, my husband and I love looking for Nina's in the paper every Sunday, but sometimes I think I find four and he says he finds five. So it would be really nice to know how many Nina's we're looking for. Great. The publisher goes, whoa, whoa, what? What's a Nina? He goes to his wife. I'm pretty sure he did not do that. (laughs) He goes to his wife and he says, What's this about? What's a Nina? And she goes, oh, you silly boy. Nina's, Hirschfeld hides his daughter Nina's name in his drawings every Sunday and people look for them. It's the worst kept secret in America. He says, ah, okay. He sends the note to Hirschfeld. He says, I just learned about Nina's. 
this lady wants you to tell her how many Ninas to look for because her and her husband get in fights over it. Figure it out. Hirschfeld says, hmm, that is a good idea. How can I do this? So in La Plume de Matante, for the first time next to his signature, he puts the number two and he circles it. That is to let you know that there are two Ninas in the drawing. If there's only one Nina, there's no number. Well, if there's the more than one. In the very beginning, he would put a one. He would one put in. one. Yeah. Okay. But then if there's more than one, there's a number. Correct. Post-1960. So don't look for uh, how many Ninas there are in 1959. You're on your own. Right. You got to figure it out. Exactly. It's And it's harder. Yes. When you don't know how many mm-hmm. you're looking for, you second guess it's harder. yourself. But that was the position Al Hirschfeld found himself in frequently. Uh, the drawing, the Ninas that he put in his drawings, certainly when I knew him, uh, w- came out organically. As he was drawing, he would find a place and he would put a Nina in. And when he finished the drawing, he would count the Ninas so he could uh, put the right number next to his name. And one day he called me over to the his drawing table after he had finished the drawing to ask me how many Ninas were in the drawing. And I thought he was pulling my leg. But then he told me that he could only find four and he thought there was five in it. And if he got it wrong, there was going to be a lot of mail. Mm. And I thought he was crazy. Uh, but we looked for it and indeed we found the five Ninas. And after he passed away... Uh, he kept a little three-drawer file cabinet be- behind his barber chair. And in one of those drawers, he kept all these letters from people who wrote in with... I mean, the, he kept the funny ones. Because uh, I'm sure he, they would amuse him. You know, he they it was he liked something that made him laugh. Mm. You know, I think that's one of the reasons he lived to be 99 and a half, is that he laughed a great deal in his life. But one time somebody wrote in, and I probably told you this before, is that somebody wrote in after they claimed he got the number wrong in his drawings. They had sent the clipping, and they started off a letter saying, I guess we have to add Al Hirschfeld to the list of things we can no longer count on. Don't believe everything you see. <laughs> or don't see. Now, in 1966, Nina turned 21. Mm. Uh, Hirschfeld had tried to stop uh, doing Nina's uh, when she turned 18 because, you know, she was no longer his little girl. She was an adult. People wouldn't let him. At 21, he just gave in. GQ magazine asked him to do a drawing of Nina at 21, and he did a drawing that he titled Nina's Revenge, in which it was a portrait of Nina with her parents' name hidden in her hair and in her clothes. Um, he thought it would, uh, in his words that uh, would keep the drawing and the national sanity in balance. And it's a wonderful drawing. It's a signature image of the exhibition. Now, we think of Nina, uh, looking for Nina, as a pleasant, benign experience that we share with our children and our parents and our grandparents and our grandchildren. It's, it's really a wonderful thing. Unless you're on a competitive Nina league. I think I should start one. I just thought of it right now. (laughs) Well, I want to make an app. I think it'd be pretty good. The Nina Challenge. Yeah, that's a good idea. An app. Yeah. Like how many Ninas? How fast can you you find? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, So Mm. look for it at your app store. Yeah, I like it. In 2025. (laughs) Um, Well, anyway, we see it as a benign pursuit, but actually, in the 
early 50s, he got a uh, he got a letter from the Pentagon asking to use his drawings blown up on a mu- movie screen to help train uh, bombardiers. Mm. Um, to it, it was part of the student aviation training course, and blowings of the drawings were sh- to be shown on a full-size movie screen, and the student pilots would be required to ferret out the Nina targets. Uh, Hirschfeld on the could never have imagined that this little infantile prank, as he called it, uh, would ever lead to the destruction. But in fact, it did. Mm. Um, fortunately for Hirschfeld, that uh, while the Ninas did um, probably uh, bring some harm to some people, they also did some good. Because when Hirschfeld was asked about Nina, and in almost every interview, uh, for the last 40 years of his life, he was asked about Nina, probably longer than that. Um, and he would sometimes uh, laugh about a, uh, as he said, a University of Pennsylvania professor who got a $60,000 grant to study Nina's in his drawings. And of course, that would get a big laugh from the interviewer. He would say it was insane. It was, it was sort of classic Hirschfeld interview repartee. Well, when these articles would come out, the University of Pennsylvania professor who was uh, alluded to would feel compelled to write to the publication to explain that he did not get $60,000 to study Nina's and Hirschfeld's drawings. The actual professor's name was Calvin Nodine, uh, who was a very well-regarded professor. And, uh, uh, you know, it's a shame that we probably know him today as much for this uh, lay people know him much more for this than for the real great work that he did. He was really quite a remarkable scientist. Um, he did get a $60,000 grant from the Department of Defense. Um, but he, as he would say, he wrote to the Times in 1992. He says, I would like to set the record straight, at least with respect to my role in studying Nina under Pentagon funds. The $60,000 grant I received from the Department of Defense in 1976 was designed not to study the Ninas in Hirschfeld's illustrations, but rather because Mr. Nina... Mr. Nina. Mr. Nina. <laughs> but rather because Mr. Hirschfeld is such a master at using wisps of hair and folds of cloth clothes to his Ninas to use Ninas to model the effects of camouflage on target search and detection. This research in which we monitor the viewer's eyes fixation as he or she as he or she search for Ninas led to an important discovery every Nina searcher knows. You can stare at a Nina and yet not see it. Yep. This, this, the scientific significance of this phenomena is that by measuring how long the viewer's eyes pause at various locations during search, we can predict the locations of Miss Nina's. I do not know what use the Army made of our results, but I can tell you that in subsequent research, we found that by monitoring search behavior of radiologists, we could use the length of eye fixation pauses to identify the locations of possible missed lung tumors that are typically camouflaged by overlying anatomic structures in chest x-ray images. When we played back the locations of prolonged pauses by highlighting them, we found many missed tumors. I cannot say whether the Army got its money's worth from my studies of Nina's, but as far 
but as for radiology, if we develop a feasible computer-assisted visual research system, we may be able to significantly reduce error in both lung and breast screening for cancer. So it's really amazing that uh, the Ninas would uh, be used for uh, uh, a deadly effect and also for a life-saving effect. Okay, let's talk about the stamps. Yes, you know, something that Hirschfeld was very proud of. He was asked by the U.S. Postal Service to create designs for stamps. And uh, when the art director uh, first contacted him, uh, he, knowing Hirschfeld's work, he said, we actually have a rule on the books that does not allow for hidden messages in any stamp designs. Do you want me to tell this story, David? Oh, I'd much rather you okay. do <laughs> So there's a thing about hidden messages in, <laughs> a thing. in the U.S. Postal Service. You can't have hidden messages on stamps or in... Yes, in a, in a stamp of Bernard Baruch, the designer uh, had... A star uh, of David. Yes, and right. it was felt that that was not appropriate. I see. So there's a rule against it. So Hirschfeld in 1991 is commissioned to do a, a, a collection of stamps on classic comedians. It was actually probably a couple years earlier. Okay. This is Hirschfeld according to Catherine. <laughs> Came out in 1991. So he's doing these uh, comedian stamps. He draws them and he leaves out the Ninas, of course, because they told him no hidden messages. He says, not a problem. It's not my thing. It's everybody else's thing. I do it to please the people. So he <laughs> leaves the Ninas out. He sends the final uh, drawings into the postmaster general. He sent it to the art director. Okay, to the art director. And the art director says, oh my gosh, these look so amazing. I can't wait to show the postmaster general. So he goes to the postmaster general. He shows him. He says, aren't these Hirschfelds awesome? And the postmaster general is looking at them, and he's looking at them, and he's like, hmm, these are crap. They don't have Ninas. Okay. This is not actual dialogue. <laughs> okay. The postmaster general did not look at the drawings and say, this is crap. Okay. He says, where are the Ninas? That's what he says. And the art director says, well, you know, Mr. Postmaster General, we have this thing about this thing that I told you about, about hidden messages. <laughs> it was a rule on the books. It was not a thing. He says there's a thing about hidden messages. You know, we asked him not to put the Ninas in. The Postmaster General says, this will not do. Send them back to Hirschfeld. They're it, not Hirschfelds unless they have Ninas in them. Correct. The art director was extremely embarrassed and had to ask Hirschfeld then if he could please to add Ninas back into the drawings. They've decided to waive this thing about hidden messages and allow the Ninas in. So Breaking Hirschfeld the rules. tried. He tried as best he could in these drawings of the sta of the classic comedians stamps to include Nina's. But if you look in the exhibition, some have them and some do not. He just couldn't find a place to put them in the you know afterward. Right. Uh, unlike uh, lively years where he found easy places to mm. put Nina's, he couldn't always do that. Well, and these are small. They're, they have to look good really small. Yes. I don't know if you know this, but stamps are really small. <laughs> so we... <laughs> they're not illiterate, people who listen to this podcast. I hope they're not illiterate. <laughs> I was telling you, David. <laughs> <laughs> well, those stamps, by the way, were the first one to feature an artist's name on the stamp booklet. Um, they're wonderful stamps. Abbott and Costello, Fanny Bryce, Law and Hardy, 
Lawn Hardy, who he'd been drawing since 1927. Mm. In 1991, he's still drawing them. And would continue to draw them for another 10 years. It's it's an incredible mm. career. I've said that many times, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> um, and then that leaves just one drawing. Ah, the drawing with the most Ninas. Now, David was so excited when we were outlining this podcast episode to tell you all about this drawing. And I said, I David, care. no. Uh, Catherine Eastman is a tease. <laughs> well, you're going to have to go to the exhibition and Coquette. see the drawing for yourself. Uh, it's the final drawing, the exhibition. And it Can has we tell the, them how many Ninas are in it? Mm, okay, wow. I will allow it. 60. There's 60 Ninas. So you probably thought, oh, it's the Whoopi Goldberg one. They go on on and on about this Whoopi Goldberg drawing in every episode. It's not the Whoopi Goldberg drawing. That drawing has 40 Ninas. Wonderful drawing. Yeah. Really but it doesn't really hold a candle next to this drawing, the drawing with the most Ninas. This one has like 50% more. I'm not very good at math. <laughs> <laughs> it has 60. Whatever. It has 60 Ninas in it. So, go to the exhibition. 20. So, if you have 20 I more. I see. It's... You do have 50% more. Yes. <laughs> yes. It has 50% more Ninas than the Whoopi Goldberg drawing. So, go to the exhibition. Click through. You can swipe through and find that drawing. Now, if you're interested, you can uh, also, uh, we should put this in the show notes, uh, links to the special merchandise that we're going to have yes. up for a limited time for this exhibition coffee mugs we've been selling a lot of posters yeah people really want posters of this exhibition and mugs we've been selling yeah but i mean the posters we've been i feel like we've been selling a lot of and there's also um t-shirts and tote bags yep so for whatever your fancy you know i don't want to break it to you but holidays are coming that's true Mm. although i can't prom at this point we can't promise that your orders will be there by christmas but if you want to get them, you can always print out a picture and say, this is coming. That's true. Just print out the email. You are supporting arts education. Yeah. Remember that. Yes, you are. So, um, look, if you want to see more, as I said, if you want to see more, look for more Nina's in Hirschfeld drawings. There are seven over 7,000 drawings on our website. Mm. And we put up more, if not every day, every week. Yeah. Um, David so- annoys me says, Catherine, you have to put this image up. It's her job. (laughs) It's not an annoying thing. I mean, that's like saying a bus driver, you have to drive the bus. (laughs) No, it is very, um, it feels good when there's like a really crappy reproduction on the website. And then you put up like this beautiful, crisp Uh. new and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we even showed that to people. (laughs) Or when we don't have anything. Yes. The one that comes to mind for this exhibition is the Tallulah Bankhead and Eugenia, the Sammy drawing. We didn't have anything of that. I had never actually seen that drawing. And then I I photographed and I was like, oh my gosh, this thing is, it looks great. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It is really beautiful. Um, And that is one thing about looking for Nina's. It is a fun game and a fun activity. But then take a step back and look at the drawings. Mm. You're going to be amazed. You know, uh, Jules Pfeiffer thought that it was the worst thing that Hirschfeld did mm. by hiding Ninas in his work because people didn't look at the drawings. They just looked for Ninas. Right. Um, but I love Jules. If you're listening, Jules, hello, how are you? 
and uh, we love you here at the Al Hirschfeld Foundation. But you're wrong on this. I think it actually got more people to look at the drawings. That's true, yes. Uh, I, as I said, uh, I started off as a lowly Nina searcher, mm. and here I am the creative director, <laughs> so I haven't gotten very far, is really <laughs> what I would say. So um, you, we post drawings every day on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, oftentimes on Instagram if Catherine is doing her job. What? <laughs> So you can find us on, give us all the social media stuff. Oh, yes, stuff. Facebook, the Al Hirschfeld Foundation, Twitter and Instagram, at Al Hirschfeld. Our podcast, the Hirschfeld, what's it called? The Hirschfeld Century <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Leave us <Listen>. a review. <laughs> um, share, with your fr- share with your friends. Everybody's lonely these days, home alone. Send them something fun to listen to. Yes, or this. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, and uh, if you have questions, comments, uh, advice for Catherine yeah, about in, getting the write stories, write in your questions. Better. I will answer about Hirschfeld or your personal issues, because obviously <laughs> she's an advice. No columnist. personal issues; just they have to be Hirschfeld related. But I will answer them. I won't. What will happen is you'll ask me a question. And I will say it as I remember David once said it to me. So most of, like I said, most of the information is correct. Wait, we've been through this whole episode. We didn't tell what is perhaps the funniest story about no, uh, Catherine. I and thought Nina. I was going to get away with not telling it. No, no. Oh, let's, no. let's just hear it because people will. Okay, it's a, fine. Well, if you've made it this far, you get an extra story. So this was... Both of you. <laughs> this was a long time ago now, seven years ago. Oh, yeah. She uh, was just a wee thing. Yeah, just a wee bairn. I had just been hired by the Al Hirschfeld Foundation. I was doing my job. I was cleaning up files. I was scanning newspaper clippings. I was living the dream. <laughs> and this now this was... It's longer into my tenure than I would like to admit. I think it was like six, maybe seven months after I began at the Al Hirschfeld Foundation. That timeline seems ripe to me. I wish I could remember what drawing we were looking at, but I don't. Yeah. And, but we were looking at, it was a cast drawing, I know. It was a it was a horizontal cast drawing, if I had to guess, from the 80s. Okay. So I was look, we were looking at the drawing, and David was just kind of like, ah, oh, this, you know, just doing his gawking at it. Isn't this a wonderful drawing? This is just incredible. <laughs> I and, like my work. <laughs> and finally, I said, oh, this might be a good time to ask. And I said, what's the number next to his name mean? <laughs> That's literally exactly what happened. And David looked at me. He laughed and he looked at me. He goes, oh, you are the only person in America who doesn't know what that means. And I look back and I said, really? I'm the only person who doesn't know what that means? And I had been now for months. I had been seeing the Hirschfeld 3, Hirschfeld 7, Hirschfeld 4, Hirschfeld 2. And I had been trying to figure out what it meant. So I, I think I like started with the number of people in the drawing. I would like count the number of people and it was like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. But it's a Hirschfeld 2. What is that doesn't really add up to anything. And then I would go to the year and the month and try to like, okay, it's 1988, 8 plus 8 is 16. I would try to let, I was trying to find, and you know I'm not very good at math. So I was trying to figure out what this number meant. 
and I and Neil say I couldn't. David then explained to me the whole Nina situation, <laughs> and it was uh, my uh, to eyes say were the uncovered. <laughs> I finally saw. I'm glad the scales fell from her eyes, but it made me realize that maybe in the employment questionnaire mm. we should say. What does the number next to his signature mean? Yeah, that was not asked in my interview. <laughs> I was also then outed that I didn't actually read the Hirschfeld books, but I did skim them and I did look at the drawings, which arguably is more important. Yes. Uh, so I did look at them. I just didn't read the text. <laughs> math and reading are difficult for it. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, but David always uses that as a silly example. He usually doesn't make it funny, but he tells people that there are some of us who didn't grow up looking for Ninas. And so I don't really look for the Ninas. The only time I look for the Ninas is if somebody asks me where the Ninas are or something like that. Otherwise... I look, I look at the drawings, and David does as well. But yeah. um, I think that's kind of a, a new thing that people who didn't grow up looking for Ninas, they're able to see the drawings a little bit differently because right. they're not looking right away for the Ninas. Right. Very much. I think, I think people today, young people today, I've said this before, see the drawings much more like Al Hirschfeld saw them than those of us who grew up with the drawings. Right. Uh, because we are so... You just go to the Ninas. You just Ninas, or we think dive about right the in. people in the drawings right. rather than the drawings themselves. Right, right. So that's my so, embarrassing uh, story. If, <laughs> it's a charming story. Uh, but and, I, if, and he let me keep my job. We doctor pay. <laughs> <laughs> So if you do have questions uh, or need advice or want to give advice. If you have questions, I will answer them. Don't worry. And you do that by writing uh, us at info at alhirschfeldfoundation.org. Perfect. You can go, of course, and see the website at alhirschfeldfoundation.org. Yeah. And if you want to look up all the podcasts that we've done, it's alhirschfeldfoundation.org slash podcasts with an S at the end. S stands for Sammy. Sammy. That's what I was. Okay, good. Yay. We don't plan that. Uh, Sammy. Yeah, that's the only thing that really makes sense. <laughs> or 75. Right. Or 75. But that kind of starts with seven. <laughs> it starts with a number rather than a letter. This is what I have to work with, folks. Can I go home now? <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, and we look forward to uh, uh, being in your ear again. The next episode. We're not going to be in your ear. The next episode. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye.